let's see what happens. <laughs> Welcome to our final Yeg Podfest Crash Course. I'm Corey. And I'm Lisa. This episode is a special feature. You might have noticed it's a bit longer than our previous crash course, but it's an important topic that's worth the time. For our last episode, we have a very special guest here with us to talk about responsible storytelling. Karen Unland, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Many are probably familiar with your name, but for those who aren't, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am the co-founder of Taproot Publishing, and I'm also the creator of the Alberta Podcast Network. And I used to be like a like a journalist at a newspaper. I used to work at the Edmonton Journal. So I think that's like uh, I pay a lot of attention to future of media and local media and and journalism. And I think that's why you wanted me on to talk about this big scary topic. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> let's let's just dive right into it then. There's obviously been a lot of discussion in recent years about fake news, lack of trust in the media. What are your thoughts on all of this with uh, local journalism focus right here in Edmonton? Well, that that term fake news is very problematic, I think, because it didn't take long to change from being something that like describes a thing that looks like a news story that isn't actually based on facts and reality into an accusation that politicians would throw at journalists for stories that they don't like. There certainly is a lot of stuff out there that is kind of looks like journalism, but isn't journalism. And that is probably the biggest danger for what fake news would be as an actually like real thing that is dangerous if it misleads people into thinking that that's true. Uh, and that stuff that you will see sometimes shared by relatives on Facebook or <laughs> wherever, the reason that it gets shared is because it seems true, because it it confirms what someone already feels in their heart. And uh, that's very powerful. But I almost think that the panic that we have about fake news has created just this bigger problem of people accusing every kind of news of being fake. And then nobody trusts anything that they read. And that causes them even more to just gravitate towards the things that feel true because they confirm what they already think. (laughs) And so we're in this terrible spiral that has always been there right? People have been lying since the beginning of time. Um, But the speed with which lies spread on social media and and get their own momentum kind of makes it seem worse right now. And what are your thoughts on responsible storytelling? And what's sort of that quick guide that either you as a content creator need to keep in mind, and perhaps something that people need to consider when they look at these types of stories? So, What I look for is for a journalist who seems to be motivated by truly finding out what is happening more than motivated by cherry picking the facts that show the point of view that they have. This is not to say that I want what we used to call an objective journalist because objectivity is a construct that's not a real thing. All of us go into a story with our own experiences and with our own opinions and with with our own frames that we're going to see everything through. 
But our job as journalists is to know that stuff is in the background and have that stuff inform our questions in, in many cases, but to be motivated by a desire to inform the public about what is happening and not to push an agenda that we have. I always find that if we go into any kind of reporting situation with a lens of curiosity rather than a desire to convince somebody, we will usually be guided in the right direction. The way to accomplish that is also not always both sides. Both sidesism has become a, a term in, in, in journalism circles that really points to if we're always kind of approaching a story on the one hand, on the other hand, you end up saying, on the one hand, these people who are fighting against racism, on the other hand, white supremacists, and giving those people each the same weight. That's not that's not responsible. <laughs> that's not what we need to do, right? So there's been a lot of, I think, damage that has been done to our credibility as journalists by a, a kind of a, a misguided attempt at objectivity that says, these guys say this, these guys say that, up to you to decide who's right. With podcasting as it is now, like it's it's a very... Uh, almost democratic medium, anyone can do it, really. Um, and I've heard you use the phrase acts of journalism. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, the, usually when I'm talking about committing acts of journalism, I'm talking about that in opposition to the idea that some people are journalists and some people are not. And it's almost like a like a piece of paper that you get or or some kind of accreditation that you have in order to qualify as a person who's allowed to uh, ask questions or find stuff out and tell people about it. And it's not true. It's never been true. Like I have a journalism degree. Other people have journalism degrees. Lots of people work as journalists who don't have journalism degrees. Um, to me, an act of journalism is an attempt to find something out and convey it to an audience. I do think that it's an interest or it's an important trait of journalism, whether the um, journalist is front and center or not, to be creating that that journalistic product first and foremost for an audience. So you're not writing for yourself, you're not writing for your boss, you're not writing for your advertisers, you're writing for or you're making a podcast for the public. And if you consider that your first allegiance is to them, and, and if you succeed in serving those people that are listening to you or reading you, you will make all the rest of those folks, your boss, your colleagues, and your advertisers, if you have them, happy. So for all of us storytellers out there who might be new to the table and are interested in wanting to create content in a way that is responsible, what are some resources that are out there that we can look to? Okay, so if you want to make podcasts in a radio kind of um, format, like, like kind of you want to do NPR, but from your basement kind of thing, transom.org has a ton of great uh, resources on there. 
it's a little bit more ambitious than I have ever been with my podcasts, but it's uh, for people that are looking for tutorials on how to ask questions, how to do the technical stuff, all that kind of thing. I think transom.org is very highly recommended by folks. Another source for people um, who might be wanting to um, just learn how to ask questions or how to find a story or how to do kind of the reporting kind of stuff. The Pointer Institute in Florida has a lot of great uh, resources. Uh, Pointer is P-O-Y-N-T-E-R. Um, but Pointer has like little mini courses that you can take uh, and then uh, lots of great blog post posts and and stuff to to help you with that. And then otherwise, it's just like there's a, there's lots of people that are out there trying to help people um, do this kind of work better. And so if you kind of tune into that future of media conversation on Twitter, that's how I get a lot of my information. Uh, so, so, Karen, you know, we, we're talking about responsible storytelling from a content creator standpoint, but what about responsible consumption? What are the things we need to keep in mind when we're listening to things? I think it's just listening with a little bit of skepticism all the time. What I always, the, the word that I use is to kind of have your spidey senses tingling all the time so that if you read something and you're wondering, is that right? That, I didn't, I've never heard that before. I wonder if that's true. Just that kind of thing that makes you cock your head and furrow your brow and think, hmm, I should check that. The beauty of the age we live in now is everything is literally checkable, right? <laughs> you can just go and find out. Uh, I, I had this experience a couple of days ago where I was watching a news report about all the bunnies that are overflowing the uh, at Holy Cross Cemetery. So the people started for some reason to drop off their bunny pets. And if they didn't want them anymore, they would bring them to the cemetery. Of course, they're multiplying and they're sick and it's terrible. In the show, they said it like rabbits can multiply really quickly because a female rabbit has two uteruses. And I thought, really? I never heard that before. So I Googled it. It was It's true, sort of. Like they don't have a uterus like humans do, but they got two places that can kind of incubate young. So they can have like two litters like really fast. That's that's what you got to do. You hear something weird? It's like double check it. Make sure that's true. <laughs> and then pay attention to who's saying that. And and then it's just like try to be aware of your own confirmation bias. Like to what extent am I accepting this piece of journalism that I'm consuming cuz it aligns exactly with how I feel. You know, I, I, I want to wrap it up, but I just want to quickly give a, a plug as far as the the group that's behind this uh, PodFest, and that's the Alberta Podcast Network. How does the Alberta Podcast Network fit into all of this in terms of the storytelling with this very unique medium and that curiosity that you bring to the table? Well, I started the Podcast Network because I knew there was a lot of people that were making podcasts uh, here. Uh, about the place where we live or from this place where we live and I wanted them to get more attention for their work and so we created a thing that makes it possible for there to be cross-promotion makes it possible for the podcasters to make a little bit of money 
and to just foster an ecosystem of local media. So I think local podcasts are part of building what comes next. I think that having more voices and and responsible voices and interesting voices and diverse voices out there is going to build us back better. Thank you so much, Karen, for sharing some of your knowledge with us. Of course, Yeg Podfest happening October 1st to 3rd, coming to you between LitFest, Alberta, and the Alberta Podcast Network. Thank you so much, Karen, for joining us. Thanks for listening to this Crash Course. Yeg Podfest is a production of LitFest and the Alberta Podcast Network, presented by Edmonton Community Foundation. This project was made possible by the Edmonton Arts Council's Connections and Exchanges Initiatives Grant Program and the City of Edmonton. Yeg Podfest is produced on Treaty 6 territory. We respectfully acknowledge and are grateful to present this event from this historical meeting place and home to many Indigenous nations, including the Cree, Nakota Sioux, Papas Chase, Blackfoot, Métis, and many others. We extend our hands in respect and friendship to the treaty signatories and all Indigenous nations and strive to honor the tradition of sharing stories on this land. <laughs>